on A and E documentary that just aired. Uh, anybody knows I'm a huge Bret Hart fan, so this is gonna be fun to talk about. No, baby, that's for somebody else. We're just gonna keep you right where you're at right now. The Wrestling Realm presents Break It Down with Brian H. Oh, come on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of Breaking It Break It Down with Brian H. Keeping it 100. This show, of course, is brought to you by the Wrestling Realm. We are right here live tonight on Haps TV and live right here on our Twitch channel. So, those of you out there watching, I hope you got a chance to check this out. Bret Hart's A and E documentary, um, phenomenal job. Phenomenal job as always. We know what the WWE and AE A and E have been doing. And I mean, just another one they just hit right out of the park. Um, I guess this is the finale. I'm I'm assuming this is the finale. Uh I enjoyed it a lot. You know, right now they have one the um things that they're chasing, the little items or whatever. I'll catch that later. But I've been watching these, especially um, these ones on Bret Hart. And I have to say, I mean, especially the one today, this is one I was, you know, very attentive to. Anybody knows me knows I'm a huge fan of the Hitman. He's definitely one of my favorites of all time. Shout out to Uncle Raj at Roger Heron on Haps TV joining in the chat. Appreciate it. Make sure y'all catch him on the Flex Zone tomorrow night on Facebook. Um, I thought this was good. Well put together. Uh, obviously, I've read the book. Um, matter of fact, well, I think my uh, iBooks um, app is in the cloud service. But I've read the book. I read Bret Hart's book back in 20... Uh, shoot, what was that? 2010, 2011. Yeah, right here. It's right there. You can also see... Yeah, right there. I've read that book. And so a lot of this stuff I already knew. Um, you know, uh, This book, of course, was written before... Brett and Sean had their reconciliation. So, you know, him and Vince had had theirs because they, he had went to the Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. But him and Sean had had theirs because at the end of the book, he calls him a phony and all that other stuff. But tonight was really cool to see. You know, um, I would have loved one of the things I would have loved they, if they could have got into was the whole thing with Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan. What could have happened, what should have happened at SummerSlam 93, but they didn't. Uh, one of the things I was most impressed about was the home video footage. Being able to see some of the home videos from the dungeon, you know, seeing Helen being able to pick up the phone and call people, make the necessary phone calls, being able to see, um, you know, just, I mean, I've seen pictures and stuff of the house but like i said seeing helen walking around i thought that was really cool we you know the animations was cool i did know that there was a bear i thought that was always interesting i'm like wow they really had a bear i remember reading the book and i was thinking like did i really just read this right did he really say he has a bear sure enough he did though sure enough he did um so you know i thought this was really cool i i really enjoy the story um, one of the things, a lot of people on Twitter, shout out to Public Enemies Podcast, um, <laughs> they talked about was, so we just not going to mention the fact that the British Bulldog was on crack, for those who do not know. Yeah, the British Bulldog was very, uh, he was very elevated in disguise. Um, 
before the night of the Survivor uh, SummerSlam, he was high and he went into that match and Brett had to carry him. And this just goes to show you the true professional of Brett, the hitman heart. Brett talked about this in his book. He said, you know, here he, here they are getting ready for the biggest match. Y'all got to remember, this is for the Intercontinental Championship. This isn't the WWE Championship match. This is the Intercontinental Championship. And as they're getting ready to go into this IC title match, you have Davy Boy Smith, who's the hometown hero. They're in Wembley Stadium. For me, I go back to my, what was this, 90... Was this 92? So 186. This is right after my sixth birthday. I remember watching this and I'm like, all right, you know what? This is pretty cool. Uh, shout out to everybody watching on Periscope. Um, also, I appreciate that. Make sure you, when you guys get a chance, uh, you know, join the Haps TV app and subscribe and follow our Twitch account on uh, twitch.tv at Wrestling Realm. But I'm watching this as a, you know, five, five year old watching the program because my birthday is in August. So, it was, you know, so SummerSlam is like my, you know, birthday pay-per-view. So I'm watching all of this and I'm like, OK, you know, at this time, Bret Hart has become one of my favorite wrestlers. You know, Hulk Hogan is on a hiatus. You know, he would come back for WrestleMania eight. But, you know, he's out of the picture. Savage and Warrior are going for the championship. Macho Man's the champion. Yeah, Macho Man's the champion. Warrior's dealing with whatever he's dealing with. So Bret Hart is like kind of being groomed as the next guy, the workhorse championship. And but he's never main evented a pay-per-view. He's never main evented a pay-per-view. Now him and oh shoot, I'm I'm Mr. Perfect the year before had went on there and put on a classic. That's when Mr. Perfect would, you know, put Brett over. Brett became the WWE Intercontinental Champion. Well, now it's time for Brett to do the favors. And he goes out there, British Bulldog is high as a kite, you know, recovering. And Brett goes out there, does the job, does the favors, and boom, you know, he's a new champion. Uh, Brett would get the title again you know and like he said you know he had to go through piper and flair two of the greatest of all time i wish we could have got an a and e on rick flair um but you know maybe that would be the next season but you know we obviously we saw roddy piper's earlier um in this season uh but you you saw that and that let us know what bret hart was the, would become it's unfortunate you know davy boy smith wasn't dependable and that's why he had to drop the title to Shawn michaels but to see Bret Hart go out there and like he said in the doc, he don't mind losing, especially when it's done right. It's a bigger story. What people don't realize is Bret Hart. We got yeah, we do have uh, you know plenty of those. Um, or did wait? Did they do anyone? If they did, I might have forgot. I know we. I know there's tons of flare docs out there. No, I don't yeah. Well, but anyway, I know with um with Bret Hart. Now, what was I about to say? Um, I know with you know, yeah, 30 for 30. That's what it was. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, technically, yeah, that was uh, a couple years ago. It would be interesting to see how they would put it together, though. You know, I'm always interested in being a documentary junkie. I'm always interested to see how these stories are put together as, you know, I got Bret Hart's DVD. I got the Hart Family DVD. I got Owens DVD. And all of that stuff is on there. A lot of stuff that was mentioned tonight is on there. But um, oh, what I was about to say was 
a lot of people don't know, Bret Hart wanted to put Austin over when he came back. And they was like, no, nah, we think you should win. And he was like, but I'm coming back. Austin's the next guy, you know? And I think he even wanted to put him over. Well, Summer, uh, WrestleMania was like, okay, let's do the double turn. But yeah, Brett wanted to do business with Stone Cold. That's why it's not far-fetched to believe that if Brett would have stayed, it would have been Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 14 because of that. Um, so, you know, I liked watching, um, I like watching all this, uh, you know, like I said, going in early parts of his career, you know, just seeing him and Jimmy Anvil Nodhart. Uh, I think, you know, it's always some things you think about what would have been, you know, if somebody would have been alive, you know, it would have been interesting to say, because, you know, Bret Hart even said this, he didn't want, you know, they were supposed to when they had that smart job, when they lost the tag titles to the Rockers, Brett and uh, Jim putting over Sean and Marty, that they was actually supposed, that was supposed to be the break off of Brett Singles career. But Jim actually went to Vince McMahon and said, nah, let's, you know, we can kind of do some more of this, you know, uh, when, when we get those titles back and get kind of another, you know, extended run. So that was delayed. It would have been interesting to him to say that story, but I guess, you know, I understand it. I mean, you know, when you read the book, you see why a lot of stuff are cut down to two hours and what have you. Um, what's going on? Jawan underscore realtor. Appreciate you tuning in on this episode. Um, you know, if you haven't done so, make sure you uh, follow the Wrestling Realm and follow me on Haps TV. Follow the Wrestling Realm. Y'all can also, if you uh, feel in your heart's desire, uh, support this broadcast on Haps. You can they give you coins. You can share them and you can uh, give coins to me and other great broadcasters. I have coins that I've been giving out to people just because I, you know, I watch their show and, you know, they're giving me coins. I'm going to give them to people. But, um, yeah, so. Like I said, when I go back and I watch this, right, and I'm sitting there, you know, it would have been interesting to see that part. He talked about being the most popular person in the world, you know, and that made me think about something. Bret Hart was synonymous with the WWF. Yeah, Hogan, obviously, you know, no doubt about it. You, you look at the 80s, Hogan and Vince built this empire. But then you go to the new generation era right from 92 ish to 97 when you thought about wwf you thought about bret hart you know it was almost like bret hart was here then you had like Shawn michaels razor i mean you know Shawn michaels undertaker and everybody else right i got a couple of video games right here <laughs> um and if you guys haven't been paying attention, I have been playing these games on Twitch, uh, on the Wrestling Realms Twitch account. I've been live streaming some of these classics. So, you know, who's on there? You see Bret Hart on Raw. He's uh, right. He's right there near the W. And then Royal Rumble. He's right there. Uh, WrestleMania arcade game is in the system. Might as well take it out, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, and, and there's Bret Hart front and center. So he was one of the faces of the WWF man. Yeah, Raj, let me tell you, I'm, I'm going to be playing that on Twitch soon. 
Um, I'm still trying to figure that app out and probably figure out the whole schedule, but I'll probably be playing that one because, uh, yeah, that Royal Rumble game, I spent a lot of time. I, I like Raw better, uh, but obviously it came out later, you know, more wrestlers, different wrestlers, but uh, Royal Rumble was solid. I, like I said, spent so much hours on all those games, actually, and even I was playing Super, um, not Super, but uh, WrestleMania, the arcade game yesterday, which I played on Twitch, and I was like, this game only had like six wrestlers and I only, and I used to play this all day. Like, wow. Um, but you know, when you're a child, it's not much to satisfy now today, you know, you got kids, they playing online and all that other stuff. And I said, we didn't have online. <laughs> we played the game. We called your friend over. You know, sometimes you even played the same game that they was playing and you stayed on the phone. That's, you know, that was the days of gaming, but, uh, I was a Bret Hart mark so much that if you played WrestleMania arcade game, you played my game, you couldn't win the world title. You could win the Intercontinental title, but you couldn't win the world title unless you was playing with Bret Hart. Uh, WWF in the house, in your house is another one. I actually just uh, got my brother-in-law's PlayStation 3, so I'm going to be playing some of the old W, uh, some of the games I got to get back on there. Uh, even get in, um, I might get uh, in your house again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, you know, back to this documentary. Um, you know, you look at just some of the things, um, you know, you move into the rivalry with Owen Hart, and that was the ultimate big brother, little brother rivalry. He said, I'm in your house on Sega Center. Do you still have all your games? I'm pretty sure you do. I feel like you somebody who kept all your games, Raj. I feel like you wouldn't have traded them in. You said I have not had. I, and I, I, I look back at stuff. I'm like, man, I wish I didn't trade a lot of stuff. And I was at that retro store in White Marsh today. And the guy was telling me that there are a lot of games that, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of games that still selling for high prices. That being um, like some of the PlayStation Two SmackDown games. But me, you know, my mother told me straight up, I'm not buying the games unless it's your birthday or Christmas or graduation. So a new game came out. I ain't have a job, or I was getting a little bit of money, but not that much money. I was trading bad boys in and, and now I kick myself. I was like, man, my collection would have been like priceless, but I still have all my PlayStation four games. PlayStation four was when, when I started working at ESPN, I remember me and a shout out to my boy, Wes, we said, we're not trading no games in. And I haven't done that even now, like buying the games for my kids. The collection is just, we probably got, I might, I know I might count it at this broadcast because we just got them two new games again today. So I think we may actually have close to eighty games, six maybe sixty to eighty games. But I've been thinking about getting PlayStation now for them because they have some games on there that I know that they would play and you know, subscription for years forty four ninety nine. Of course, you got to have a gaming conversation. Always got to have a gaming conversation. You know, Bret Hart. They put him in the newer two Ks. But, oh, my goodness, the wrestling games, they got to get it right because they need to equal up. If it could just be something like this, <laughs> if it could be something like this, I would be satisfied because a lot of those other games nowadays, man, as I look at my SmackDown case, I get disappointed. But, um, yeah, Bret and Owen, one of the ultimate matches in the history of uh, WrestleMania. It still holds up to this day. Storytelling at its finest to hear that they – this is a story I didn't hear um, was that this was something they had did as kids and they put this storyline together for WrestleMania. Now, I do know Brett said they had one match called and when they had 
one match called they changed it because they realized like owen you're going to be a face because you're doing all these high flying moves. We're in Madison Square Garden, New York City. These people are going to start cheering you. So they had to redo the whole match. And one of the things he said, he told him, okay, now that we're uh, rivals, let's make this real. We're not going to sit there and travel together we're not going to be seen together we're going to make this different so uh that's one of the things you can appreciate was how serious Bret hart took the business um and so you know and that whole thing Bret hart made owen hart into a star when you really think about that because you guys think about what was owen hart doing before that nothing yeah he had the cool music he was the rocket he was going around teaming with Coco Beware, teaming with Jim the Anvil Nile Hart. I believe they was the New Hart Foundation, um, but they wasn't really doing nothing with him. He was wearing those jumper pants. And then all of a sudden, they lead into that epic 93 Survivor Series. I know a lot of people say it was a bad one, but for me, going into that, it was good just for that match alone. And I believe it was the second match on the card. Uh, you had the Hart Foundation taking on what was supposed to be Jerry Lawler and his Knights. But y'all may remember Jerry Lawler had gotten to some trouble and um and he had to kind of sit down and they brought in Shawn Michaels to replace, which is a good story because the year before Bret Hart was the WWE champion and he was defending the WWF championship against the current IC championship champion Shawn Michaels. Bret was successful and one of the things Shawn said was Bret. I still got my title from last year. You don't have yours. Um, but that led to a great matchup with Brett and Owen. And I liked how that story went into the Royal Rumble. One of the things I really appreciated, too, was the camera angles. When you they showed you Brett going back, walking back to the locker room, you saw the camera angles. Wow. I'm watching WWE. Uh, well, I got WWE um, Hidden Treasures on, and they have the mask from wrestlemania 9 of brutus barber the barber beefcake wow you, you know people out there they some serious collectors i tell you um i've never really been interested in people's gear and i know i collect the championships and if i got a real championship let's say somebody handed me a, a ring worn belt or whatever or you know it was at a 300 maybe even 500 i buy it but you know you got some serious field collectors but um you know just that whole telling that story of Brett and Owen, I thought was great. You know, it was a great, nice little shine on Owen. Obviously, we would get into Owen's death, uh, which, you know, we just saw in Dark Side of the Ring a few, uh, the end of last season. That was probably one of the toughest episodes. Um, and in this case, this one right here, you know, it was, it, was, it was still tough. It's always tough to hear about that. You know, I felt like, wow, y'all only brought Mark Henry in for this, but it made sense. He was there that night. He was, um, in the nation with Owen. So I get why, you know, and I guess they, you know, when they did some questions, they was like, Hey, you know, we got some questions. Let's ask you about Owen Hart. You know, we want to fit you in on this episode. So, um, but one of the things that they really got into, of course, was the screw job folks, the screw job. And I've said this on Twitter at Brian H waters, and I will continue, Continue to say this at Brian H. Waters on all the Wrestling Realm channels, on all the Wrestling Realm platforms. 
I'm going to continue to say this, folks. There is absolutely no way, no how Brett the Hitman Hart would have taken would have taken the WWE Championship, the WWF Championship, the Winged Eagle. Matter of fact, this also gorgeous championship by the way this right here is, is kind of fade off signed by brett the hitman heart yes signed by brett the hitman heart shout out to my big bro dr d oh snap mm, banging the mic you know sometimes this right here you know I, I uh for those who uh shout out to brian from texas what's going on and, and, and shout out the hearts she says he wouldn't have. I hope I said that right. Let me know. The man with a thousand belts. I wish. Um, but there's no way he would have taken this title. There's absolutely no way he would have taken this title to WCW. Remember, this is here's what we gotta remember. So, and, and somebody did bring up, I think the best point that's ever been brought up, because nobody's ever brought up this point. They said it still wouldn't have prevented Bischoff from saying i just signed the wwf champion right that's true it wouldn't have but brett he said a smooth finish now maybe just maybe maybe i don't know maybe we can come up with some alternate alternative scenarios right now obviously hindsight's 2020 whatever but brett hart did not want to go to wcw folks it's not like he wanted to go. It's just Vince couldn't afford him anymore. He took a less money to stay in the WWE. And, and I get it. Vince didn't want another Alundra Blaze, not with this championship. But it says Bretton didn't even have to wrestle. Ah, that's a good point. Bret didn't even have to wrestle that match. If he really wanted to screw WWE, just imagine him saying, nope, I'm not going out there. He, it, Thank you, Hearts. Go get with Grease. Make sure y'all follow her. Um, and I'm going to put this on the screen because for the people out there who are watching on Twitch, who are watching on um, Haps TV. I'm trying to, yeah, there we go. It's working. I want y'all to make sure y'all give her a follow. Talk, check out the Talk of Champions. But Brett met all of his obligations. And if Shawn Michaels wasn't being such a difficult person, he would have did the job. Shawn Michaels put him in that situation saying, mm, okay, but I wouldn't do the same for you. Come on. Now, if Shawn Michaels, if maybe, did anybody ever think maybe Vince McMahon told him to apologize, man up, or say something, or tell him he didn't mean it? I don't know. But, you know, Sean was always coddled in the stand-up. Here's a hot take for you. I guarantee you if the shoe was on the other foot, Shawn Michaels would have done it. Because when you really look at it, Shawn Michaels' boys was already over there. Shawn Michaels' boys in Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, they were already in WCW. Oh, oh don't forget, X-Pac, it was always on, almost on his way out. He was willing to give them more days after Montreal. You know? So, and then, like uh, Stat Guy Greg said on Twitter, 
um, from the Cheap Heat podcast, he quote tweeted and saying, you know, he talked about the lawsuits. They had already dealt with the lawsuits. Brad was willing to work well into December. I tell you, like I said, Hearts is bringing it. You know, it's always good to see fellow Bret Hart fans on here. Um, you know, because that's why I'm gonna hold this title. This is the Bret Hart belt. This is what he said to me when um I was nervous. I ain't gonna lie. It's the uh, only person to ever make me choke up. Like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, um, and, and I've interviewed uh, doctors. You know, for work, I've met athletes. You know, stood next to LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, whatever. But yeah, Bret Hart was like, had me. Like, <laughs> but he even said, he's like, oh, it's Bret Hart belt. I said, the winged eagle title. He said, yeah, yeah, they call it the Bret Hart belt. Looks better than the piece of crap they got now. And at that time, we're talking, um, what's this, 2011? <laughs> they had the spinner, uh, which you can guess that Bret Hart wasn't a fan of him. That's getting a little heavy. But the thing is, you know, he said, other than Kerry Von Eric, Bret Hart was another reason why I enjoyed wrestling. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, and, and people always say, oh, Brett. And then I got into a uh, fun Twitter back and forth with the Public Enemies podcast because they said, you know, Bret Hart was, um, what is, oh, Bret Hart was uh, like an athlete, cut uh, dry and to the point. I was like, dry? Come on, Brett wasn't dry. But they said, you know, it meant it in a compliment. But, I, you know, I never thought Brett was dry. You know, I thought he was real, like, in his matches, thank you, uh, Justin. Uh, Justin, uh, in what is it? Yeah, Justin Rich uh, said, "Look at that gorgeous belt on the uh, Twitch feed." I always thought with Brett, his promos made you uh, believe. I'm from uh, Baltimore. Uh, what up, Stan? Uh, yeah, his promos made you believe he was going to go out there and win this wrestling match. He made you believe. He made you believe the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. You go around school saying that, but you know he was like, you know, I always think about his promo before the '95 Survivor Series. He said, you know, he got his work cut out with Diesel, and just the way he talked about it, you know. And when he sat there, you know, it wasn't all this. We gotta remember before that, yeah, you had your Dusty Rose, you had your Hulk Hogan, your Macho Man's, but. Brett's promos was a different style. He wasn't trying to sit up there and like, oh, oh. no, he talked to you like a real person, like a real man that's getting ready to be in a fight of his life. That was all a shoot to him. And, and he took the business seriously. That's why it hurt. That's why I can't ever think Brett would have taken that. If, if he came and said, Brian, you know what? I was going to take the belt to WCW. It would be the biggest shock in the world. You know, he was real in his promos, not an advertisement. You know, there's no way I would ever think he would do that because he loved the business. He said, that's the first thing he said. We heard you talk. He's from Baltimore. <laughs> that's a lot of say. I guess we, I, I got, he was two-time Intercontinental Champion, you know, but he was definitely somebody when you sat back and you watched him, you, you believed it. And, and I don't get it. Maybe, you know, look, I can understand why people don't like double H besides the, you know, the stuff, the racist stuff. I can understand why people don't like him. You know, some people say, Oh, it's the same thing. Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, whatever. Right. 
But when you look at Bret Hart, you know, he reprogrammed how wrestler fans enjoy wrestling. That's why he was one of the most popular people. In this book, he even said that he was getting more fan mail than Hogan. He was get he, but he also enjoyed his fans, right? He said in WCW, they made him, they was going heel face, heel face. And he said there was one time he looked, and Hartson pretty sure remembers this. That one time he was about to turn heel and he felt bad because he saw that fan and how much he meant to them as a person. Yes, wrestling meant the world to him. And you saw it like you watch this. <laughs> yeah, Hogan, he just destroyed this rap. Um, you when you watched this, you saw why he enjoyed the business so much, you know, for all the stuff, you know, his fathers, his brothers. And look. This is one thing. Brett was what number seven out of twelve children, and the best wrestler, the most successful. You know, one of the things his brothers and sisters was jealous of. And they ain't really getting to that, but you know, I read the book, I watched the docs. You know, they was jealous of him, but he was like, you know, he just wanted to be the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I thought it was really cool that they was able to. Get I can't stand Hogan. I like disliked him since I was six and I'm 40. Um, I get a lot of heat because, you know, I'm a Hogan fan. Uh, I read his book. That's a whole different conversation. Um, you know, I just don't agree with a lot of stuff he do. And he had chances to get things right. He didn't. But that's a whole different story. But when I look at um, his, I was waiting for them to talk about I was waiting for them to talk about that family. Yeah, I wanted to see if they was going to really go into how much everybody was jealous of him. Um, you know, they didn't go into the fact that, and I guess because out of respect to Anvil and Davey, they wanted to keep it, you know, lighthearted. But how Brett felt they was using his depth and his sisters was trying to get their husband's jobs by being buddy-buddy, not literally, folks, but figuratively in bed with Vince because of the fact that, you know, after Owen died, they was being nice to him. And then him and Martha in the midst of a lawsuit, you know, it would have been nice to see Martha talk, but we obviously know why. But I did think it was cool to see Julie Hart on there. We all know she's a big part of his life for obvious reasons. Um, but one of the things they, you know, I, I was thinking about Dark Side of the Ring and I was listening to the Job of Tears podcast earlier. And one of the things they talked about was when, uh, Ultimate Warrior, you know, had a whole basically, excuse my language, a holodex. Uh, <laughs> and when he was overseas, I mean, when he was on the road, and I remember Brett talking about his days and how he had, you know, a couple ladies in this town and that town and that town. Like, oh, okay, well, he was the excellence of execution. Uh, but you know, it, it, it said they didn't talk about how bad, yeah, the. That too, how they didn't talk about how badly the screw job tore the hearts apart, you know. And, and a lot of people, and I'm glad he said it, he resented when people say he's being bitter because nobody else was in that situation. When you really think about it, nobody else had gave their blood, sweat, and tears. This man, 12 years, no days off, never hurts anybody. Your best attribute is being dependable and available. Brett never got suspended. He finally took his break when he said, okay, Sean, here you go. Here you go. I'm putting you over. Take this and take the company. And what does Sean do? 
he wanted to wrestle with his friends. And then eventually, he lost his smile. Brian didn't have time to lose his smile. He was, yes, yes, Brian, the true definition of a fighting champion. The true definition of a fighting champion. And that's why, you know, I always appreciate it. Um, always appreciated his work. I always appreciate everything he did because he went out there and he was legit. He said, Sean fumbled the belt. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say he fumbled the belt. Uh, you know, he definitely, the pressure got to him though. But, I mean, you know, he was, it was a couple of times where it looked like he was going to drop the title. But for Brett, it's also unfortunate that when you really think about it, his second title run was where, you know, Vince was like, okay, yeah, Brett, we're anointing you as the guy, right? His first championship, yeah, they put him over, they put the title on, but we all know in wrestling, that first title is like kind of you're getting used to it, you know? And Brett was a fighting champion. He was right there redefining everything. Oh, yeah, definitely wasn't on Brett's level. The pressure was on Sean WWF versus WCW. That is true. But Brett redefined what a champion was because what he did was, Wow, Beefcake's mask worth three to five thousand dollars. Um, you know, you only saw Hogan on superstars cutting promos, right? But Brett, here comes Brett. He's defending the title here this week, that week, you know, and he's having these matches. So he redefined what a fighting champion was. He set the tone for so many people. He set the tone. Like that's why he said, like at one point, Shawn Michaels was thanking him. He set the tone for the smaller guys. We didn't have that before. You know, and then, but that was the first championship when he got the second one. It was cool. Yeah, Hogan wrestled two to three times a year, you know, on pay-per-views, obviously the house shows. But when he got that second title reign, that was like, okay, boom, you're the guy, go through the company, whatever, you know, and that's where he made Owen Hart into a star. Yeah, he was the first one to let you know a little guy could win and thrive with the belt and really little compared to, Hogan. I mean, Savage was little, but Savage had that syndrome to kind of make him seem bigger, whatever. Um, but yeah, Brett set the tone for, you know, it was, if there was no Bret Hart, there's no Shawn Michaels, there's no CM Punk's, there's no Daniel Bryan's, etc. And then you look forward, you move on. You know, the third title reign was, okay, we're, we're, we get you right. We need to get ready for Shawn. So, yeah, here, hold this because we don't want to do Sean and Diesel again, but we need to anoint Sean and we need you to put him over. So he's just a placeholder. And Brett and Bulldog, Bulldog, once again, high. They still had a good match. You know, Brett was able to get the matches, the matches that he needed out of people. Um, You know, people forget, even in 95, even during Diesel's run, Bret Hart was still a focal part. He was like John Cena. He was still a focal part. He might not have been in the main event, but you think about his program with Hakushi, that whole program with Jerry Lawler. Really, uh, you know, and it's so much Bret Hart um, greatness that you could have went into, but also you respect the time. But it would have been nice if they could have went into that. But, you know, it's also his program with, um, you know, like I said, those two. And then obviously, you know, with Backlund, that was whatever. Um, and then eventually getting back to the championship with Diesel and then so forth. And then, you know, his fourth title reign, that was cool. 
But that was what, what, what five seconds <laughs> or whatever. And then the fifth was obviously to get ready for Sean. Um, you know, and the fifth title reign may have been a legit one. Unfortunately, you know, you had Sean and Undertaker, and it was focusing more on that story. And Brett was going against people like the Patriot and stuff. So that's unfortunate. But you know, it was good to see that. I'm glad Natty, you know, explained. You know, I liked her talking about you know, the, the makeup and how, you know, it was just like, well, this is why we did this, right? This is why, you know, yeah, they made up, but you got to have something to set up a storyline. I'm one of the few people who actually enjoyed the Bret Hart Vince McMahon match. Every match, in my opinion, doesn't need to be a five-star match. It's about the stories. I will say this too, before I move on to that point, um, Bret Hart, Davey Boy Smith, for the Chris Jericho's out there who say you either have a good match or a good story, Brett and Davey had a phenomenal story leading into the match and the excellent match, perhaps the best match still in Summer Slam history. Perhaps. Um, but, you know, Brett and Davey, I mean, uh, Brett and uh, Vince, you know, that was a great story. You know, it was definitely a great story and it was one that I really enjoyed as, you know, everything that they went through. And it was good to see. And I still remember this is the last WrestleMania I watched uh, with my uncle. Um, but I remember I was watching this and everybody in the house just popping, you know, we was having a WrestleMania party and everybody just popping for the fact that Bret Hart was beating the crap out of Vince McMahon, all that frustration from Montreal and everything. And now Bret finally had his hands on him. So that was, that was really good. Uh, you know, I wish that <laughs> I, I the WCW stuff, I'm glad he, you know, Brett, somebody, uh, I think Public Enemy tweeted this too. Brett, the type of person outside of Sean, if he had beef with you once, he had beef with you for life. You could tell they're still hurt there with Goldberg and Hogan. Um, Hogan on how, you know, they kind of pushed him to the back, even though Hogan and Flair kind of said, Brett, come to WCW, we got you, XYZ. And it was like, oh, yeah, you just stay in the back. You're just the US, a Mick Carter. And they didn't know what to do with him. Vince told him they didn't know what to do with a Bret Hart. But you really wish a lot of times as a Bret Hart fan, they could have figured this out. They could have figured that money situation out, right? Because Bret even said this. Yeah, after all that, they couldn't pay me, but then they go get Mike Tyson. Now, Mike Tyson was saying, he said his Hall of Fame speech, it was a crucial point in his life. WWE needed him and he needed WWE. But it would have been really cool if you could have seen Bret and Tice, I mean, Brett in that era. And Brett, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he didn't like the, what they was doing in the business. Well, there's a walking storyline. They, they would have figured it out. So uh, overall, I, I really enjoyed this one. I figured I was going to go live. You know, like I said, we got the Twitch channel up and running. Um, so if you haven't done so, make sure you follow the Wrestling Realm on Twitch. I appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody who tuned in. Um, Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. I'm going to put this on our YouTube channel as well. So, yeah, make sure y'all subscribe there. Uh, we will definitely be coming back. Yeah, yeah, Brett would have adapted. Absolutely. Even if he would have been like Owen. You know, he's a draw. I guess Vince, Vince, I he said Brett is a draw. Vince, I guess, tried something different but failed. Uh, you know, he would have done wonders with Brett and austin you can imagine what they would have went through for the title um brett and you know you look at brett and rock 
you know, uh, what they could have done. I mean, it's so much. And then you think about, okay, if Bret Hart's still in WWF, there's, I mean, there's so many what ifs, right? You know, you, you like to believe Owen Hart wouldn't have been the blue blazer again. You know, Bret could have stood up and said, okay, no, I don't do that. He would have stopped him from doing that stunt. Uh, Bret Hart wouldn't have got the concussion. Uh, Bret Hart in WWF 98, 99 definitely would have been amazing. Hearts. It definitely would have been amazing. You know, you think about it though, like, Brett and, oh my goodness, you know, so many people, but also think about the people who didn't get an opportunity to get over. I mean, Brett and Ken Shamrock, you know, Brett was a star maker, no doubt about it. He was a star maker. Um, it's unfortunate we lost Brian Pillman around that time too. You think about what the Hart Foundation could have kept, how much they could have kept going. You know, it's, it's just so much. And that's the thing. I mean, wrestling, probably the one industry that has the most what ifs, especially because everything's with the power of a pen. So you think about that. I said, I would have loved to see Brett versus Taker in a normal match with no special guest referee. Absolutely. Um, th th Their match at Royal Rumble 1996 was one that I enjoyed. I know a lot of people. Uh, it's unfortunate it ended in disqualification, but I understand why you had two faces. You wanted to protect Taker going into this feud and set up the feud with Diesel. So that's understandable. Uh, you know, you also had, but I mean, just look at what he, Brett was able to do with Kevin Nash, <laughs> you know, on so many different occasions. So, you know, I mean, and then you, you could have rehashed a Brett versus Owen. Maybe Owen would have been the baby face, you know, Brett versus Jeff Jarrett. I mean, they're so much you know and, and and a lot of times i try to do it on the video games but it's still not the same thing uh i think you know i i need the right game ww2k ain't the jump off <laughs> it ain't it folks uh you know i tried but it's, it's frustrating and then at this point 2k19 even though it moves smoother it's just like uh, everything's so outdated so but um I'm about to jump off of here as I appreciate each and every one of y'all tuning in and take your time out to celebrate the Hitman. Uh, thank you. Nash was too basic for me, too stiff. You know, Kevin Nash was swag, though. He walked around. He was big, sexy for a reason. You know, I had a I, I had a Wolfpack shirt, you know, and I was, you know, um, but it's crazy. It said Brett and Jeff. Wow. Uh, heart emojis. Um, are you talking Jeff Hardy or Jeff Jarrett? Because <laughs> you're like the first person that I've ever heard uh, share a heart emoji over Jeff Jarrett. Maybe it's not because of his looks, and I could be wrong. Um, but um, yeah, Nash was, uh, you know, I definitely had a Wolfpack shirt. It's funny to when you, you know, hindsight being 2020, you realize, wow, Wolfpack was the beginning of the end. But at that time, we enjoyed it. You know, I know I did, I know my friends did. And to this day, maybe, you know, we know Sting was in his drug addict days during that time, but looks wise, as far as like the gear and the merchandise, that's my favorite Sting. Um, you know, it, it, I just think that whole red suit looked really cool. That was one of the things I liked about WW, WCW NWO Thunder was you could change the outfits. Um, I'm pretty sure you probably could do that on Revenge. I was a PlayStation guy. If you watch the top five video games episode of the wrestling realm. If you haven't done so, check it out. It's on our YouTube channel. But as a PlayStation guy, that was the thing. I had all the PlayStation games. So um, 
you know, that was a thing. Wow. Okay. Sleep with a Jeff Jarrett pillow every night. Interesting. That's very interesting. You the first person. I mean, if somebody, everybody, and, and Rod says yes, you could uh change the outfits. I'm I'm still in the hunt for Nintendo 64. I know I said that earlier in the broadcast. Um, I went to the store today. They didn't have any. They said they're hard to keep in, and I ain't trying to pay two, three hundred dollars on eBay. All right, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely would love to come on talk of champions and gotta get you on the wrestling realm now podcast. We um definitely we're coming back. I think we're gonna be back this week. Um, haven't talked to real Dwayne Allen, but last week I was so busy. So shout out to him for sticking with me and understanding. So a lot of stuff I was doing was like, oh, okay, boom, and jump on, talk live real quick, whatever, whatever. I wonder why things stopped working out back in '97. <laughs> Oh man, well, what do you think about Sting at AEW? I know you know right now. Well, last week I think it was last week was the pay per view. Two weeks ago, you know he was wrestling. I uh, would definitely like to know, Brian, what you think about Sting over in AEW as far as him uh, being with Darby Allen. I think the Darby Allen shirt and the Sting shirt is cool. I'm kind of waiting on the turn. I think Darby turns on him. Jeff Jarrett's promos in the 90s sound like a car salesman. They do, but that worked for him. That's the thing. Like Jeff Hart, I mean Jeff Jarrett, you know, it it, it works for him. That's what makes it so funny. <laughs> so yeah, let's definitely make it happen. We'll set something up. Um, yeah, that's what definitely that's what I look back and I've been listening to the Jeff Jarrett podcast, and and, and I'm like, yo, I didn't like this dude at all for the most part growing up. But on a podcast, I'm loving these stories. Like, he's a great storyteller. He's talking about times that I vividly remember. The um, Owen Hart episode, it was great to hear him talk about that. Especially he was, like, his tag partner and pretty much, like, his best friend, his road dog at that time, no pun intended. So he said, I like it. I really think Sting should be in a mentor role like Arn Anderson. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm... I'm I'm a little wondering about a lot of these moves, though, with uh, these former WWE people going to AEW. On one million, it's like, all right, this is really good. On another hand, it's like, oh, come on now. Now, this is what I would like to see. If you're going to do that, I would like to see Dark, and, and a lot of people may not like what I'm about to say, I would like to see Dark not be a showcase of the indies, but have a lot of those stories. Even you could use that for Dark Elevation. But I would like to see AEW utilize their roster more and have storylines on Dark, not just matches. And that's where you could really get everybody some the much needed TV time, you know, and and just make it better, um, you know. Because I want to see. Like I said, I, I'm happy that these people are getting these opportunities. But now, okay. You see all these people get released from WWE. We just saw Andrade show up. So then you think, okay, who's getting pushed to the back? Because now Andrade is going to have to have TV time. He's already seasoned because he's got the WWE. Yeah, bring out the character development. He's already got the WWE seasoning on him. You know, he feels he could do better. Now's the time for him to roll the dice because was he patient or was he not patient? That's going to be, you know, what we see. So uh, I was always a fan of his. 
Um, I think he's a great wrestler, and we see him, you know, the word on the street was that, you know, Vince told him to learn English. Well, he spoke English the other day, um, but his, you know, his work, I thought Angel Garza, though, showing up on Raw next to him was a bad move, and then he gets suspended because Angel Garza has the charisma, but it's unfortunate. I'll be interested to see what happens with Tommy Yen, formerly known as Aleister Black, see what he does. But I don't want everybody to go to AEW. I would like to see, you know, Impact become a major player in the wrestling business again. I want to see them on a national, a bigger TV platform because there's some good wrestling over there. But we're programmed to think it's so bad because of how bad it's been recently. So, um, but everybody, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate it as always. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on. Uh, all social, uh, all podcast platforms at Wrestling Realm. Make sure you um, follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Realm. Follow me at Brian H. Waters. You can follow me in the Wrestling Realm everywhere. Just the same thing. Try to keep it uniform. Um, but, you know, you can always Google and you see. I would like to see Impact and ROH elevated with the WWE releases. That's true. Um, NWA is another one. They're just behind a paywall. And I'm not going to pay for that. You know, I would pay for the pay-per-views, but I'm not going to pay to watch wrestling every week when I can watch another show. I'm just sorry, but I understand. Get your money. So we'll see. Till the next time, folks, I'm Brian H. Waters. So long, everybody.